Okay, so Shaila number one, this is, I, I, today I just sort of jotted down the questions that I got recently. Um, Shaila number one is, this is a question that comes up a lot, and that is, I've spoken about this in the past, it's just good to clarify. Um, if you have a woman who's, you have a couple that's eating out Friday night. So, very famous question is, where should you be lighting candles? Do you light where you sleep, in your home, or do you light where you eat? Now, short answer is both are legitimately good options. However, um, the minimum, at least amongst Ashkenazim, was always to light where you sleep. But, here's the deal. Both are legitimately good options, but both have pitfalls. And you've got to fix these pitfalls. So, I'm, I'm explaining the, the problem with both. Okay, if you want to light where you sleep, that's great. Here's the problem. Two problems. First of all, uh, according to most, this is Ashkenazim for sure. I, 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 almost everything I checked up for Sfarad and this Nakuda I didn't. Uh, I can tell you though, the psak amongst Ashkenazim is when a woman like candles, she accepts Shabbos. That's the psak. Which means if you're going to be lighting where you sleep, you can't then drive to your host. So that's, it's not a pitfall, you just got to be aware of that. No, so even a Tanai, the Mishaburah says, you're only allowed to do a Tanai in case of a great necessity. Great necessity is not going to your host. Rosh Zalman held that even going to the Kotel is not a mitzvah enough to make it a great necessity. So we don't make a Tanai. I'll give you another Chumrah. Even if you're going to go with the Tanai, the Balatanya, and this is brought down by Shemir Shabbos Gilchosan, by other Paiskim, that if you're going to make a, you're going to light candles, Al Tanai, you could still do Malacha. The Balatanya says it only works if someone is Mechabal Shabbos. Meaning, if you're doing the Tanai, that means your husband has to accept Shabbos. Or your kid, somebody. The Balatanya felt that even if you hold that a Tanai helps, which is itself debatable, only works if someone is Mechabal Shabbos. So the Tanai is not something I would be Samichan. Again, according to the Mishabura, it's not something that we do unless it's a great need. And going to your host is not a, it's not a great need. You can eat at home or you can walk. That, that should be a great need. So I wouldn't do that. So if you're going to light at home, the first thing to be aware of is that you're Mechabal Shabbos. You can't, walk, you can't drive there. Secondly, and this is a bigger problem, because let's say you want to do the tonight thing. I don't hold of it, but okay, fine. People do what they do. But a bigger problem is the Shulchan Aruch writes very clearly, if you light candles Friday night, and then by the time you get home to eat the meal, the candle's out, it's a bracha levatala, which means lighting the candles and not using them is a bracha levatala. And I don't mean using them right away. I mean eating by them and, and benefiting from them at night. If you don't, it's a bracha levatala. So a lot of times people will light where they sleep, go to their host, have a lovely meal, schmoozing, 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 blah, blah, blah. They come back, lights out. It's a bracha levatala. Don't worry. I want to clarify also. I'll get to that in a point in a second. But, so it's a bracha levatala. That's not good. It's not so terrible, but it's not good. So, so here's the deal. You have a two solutions for that, if you're going to light where you sleep. Solution number one, have really long candles. Get big candles, that they last long enough. Solution number two, which I think is clever, I don't know if I've ever seen this inside, but I think to me it's just push it, like clever. Turn the lights off and turn the lights on when she's lighting. Have her turn them off and turn them on and let the, let the lights be some of the candles. So instead of lighting five candles, she lights five candles and the lights. That way, the lights are considered part of the candles of Shabbos. And the lights will be on by the time you get home. So you get home, you, you use the lights. That to me is a, is a pretty simple solution. But if you're not going to do that, I would not light where you sleep. So, okay, so light where you eat. Here's the problem. 
this is a major issue for Svardim, like Osir. Svardim will not hold to this at all. Ashkenazim, although we are okay with this, it's not, it's not Chachila. The halacha is, the Shulchan Aruch writes very clearly, it's called Tesefes Ar, which means according to Shulchan Aruch, if let's say you go to someone's house, right, and the woman who, who lives in the house lit candles, but you also want to light candles, so okay, so you set up right next to her candles and light. Svaridim hold it's a brachal of atal. Svaridim hold that the second person is not allowed to light because the room already has candles. So it's, it's an unnecessary, you're not adding anything, you're not adding anything light-wise, you're not anything, adding anything Saviva-wise from the experience, from the ambiance. Svaridim hold that it's not allowed. So the Ramah disagrees. It's not great. So I'll tell you like this. So if you're gonna, so what Svaridim do is if they eat by someone's house, they light in different rooms. So my point is you have two choices. You can either light where you sleep, then you have to make sure the candles are long enough, or you light where you eat, but if you're Ashkenazi, it's a bit the oven, it's not great, but for Svaridim, you can't light in the same room. You gotta go to a different room and light. See, one light's in the living room, one light's in the dining room, I guess, because you can't have multiple people lighting in the same room according to Svaridim. Now again, Ashkenazim don't hold that way, but we are machmer l'chachila. Um, so that's the two options. Again, you gotta just figure out what works best for you. If you're Svaridi, go with the light where you're sleeping. If you're Ashkenazi, then fine. Okay, you have choices. Um, two more things that I want to just mention, and then I'm happy to take questions. Number one is that, I've mentioned this before, if Simcha Bunim Kohn writes it clearly in Radiance of Shabbos, that, but it's based Pashit. A lot of times, if you go to like a weekend, bar mitzvah, like a hotel, in a hotel, they won't let you light where you sleep because it's a hotel room. They don't let you light in the, in the dining room because it's, it's whatever, too many people, whatever. So what they'll do is they'll give you like a hallway room. Everyone just lights in the hallway. It's a bracha levatala, no question. It's a bracha levatala, it's, 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 it's usher to light there because you're not lighting where you eat, you're not lighting where you sleep. You're just lighting randomly in a room. It's not, it's not, that's not, you light and then you go. So I could tell you from experience, what I would do in such a situation is I wouldn't light in there. I would probably turn on the electric light in my room without a bracha. That would probably what I would do. Or, I could tell you what Rabbi Bergman once did. I don't know if this is a l'chachila. He probably, I, probably shouldn't have, I probably should have asked him, but I'll tell you what he did. I was at a weekend uh, uh, with him, and he left in the middle of the room, in the middle of the dining, in the middle of Friday night meal. He took his chicken and he left. He went to the hallway, and he sat by the candles. Is that l'chachila? I'm not sure. But if you don't do that, it's definitely l'chachil. No question. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a famous shaila of of the of the of the son of the uh, the son. His question is for Svardim specifically. It's a big problem. Even for Ashkenazim, Svardim hold you can't have multiple people lighting in the room because the second lighting doesn't add much. But then we always have candle. We always have lights. So what does the first person lighting do anything? So it's a great question. For Svardim, it's for sure a question. Even for Ashkenazim. You could ask a shayla in general, what does what the candles do now that we have so much... Like in the times of the Gemara, they, the, the rooms were dark, so the candles actually add light. But what do the candles add nowadays? So the answer is, is that, that most Paiskim quote the Divrei Yitziv. The Divrei Yitziv was the Sanz Kleisenberger Rebbe who went through Auschwitz, and uh, he's a big, big tzaddik, and Ravadi quotes him also in this, and he says, this is his answer, okay? What's the question? The question is, what do the candles add? They don't add light, so what do they add? Fine. What if... What if I, I tell you guys, and you guys are like, see them, like you actually listen to me, which is weird. But let's say you actually did, and I tell you, no more candles Friday night. We don't like candles anymore. We have this, no more candles. How many people, how many, how many people's wives here would not be happy? 
The answer is, you'd be upset by this. Why? Because there's a tzura, there's, a, there's a, 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 an environment to what Shabbos is, and the candles do that. So says the Divrei Tzif, that's what it adds. You're right. It doesn't add light anymore, but it adds what you want to call kedusha. you want to call the image, whatever you want to describe, that's what it adds. Now that doesn't mean the second person it's not adding anything, because it's not adding light and it's not adding saviva, but that's what the Divrei Tzif says. So that's what he says that nowadays, it is adding something, it's adding the the picture of what a Shabbos looks like. That, that's, that's the answer that, that everybody quotes. Um, I just want to mention one more thing and then I'm happy to take questions about this. <laughs> okay, so let's say there's someone listening here and they realize, oh my gosh, I've been lighting candles and they're always out by the time I come home. That's a brachal of Atola. That's not good. I feel bad. So this is why you shouldn't feel that bad. I'll tell you what. There's a teaching of the Shmaitza. The Shev Shmaitza, he brings down like this, the, the, the Nesivis, I'm not the Shemites, I'm sorry, the Nesivis. The Nesivis writes, if you do an Iser derabonon, you do a rabbinic prohibition, b'shogeg, accidentally, you don't need to do tshuva. That's what the Nesivis held. Now, the Mishaburah didn't hold like this, it's a machalokas, but the Nesivis, the Nesivis Amishba, not Nesivis Shalom, the Nesivis Amishba, like you always tell the difference between like a, you know, what yeshiva you went to. When I say Nesivis, in this regard, it's the Nesivis Amishba, who was one of the great, great Goinim, um, he says that when you do a rabbinic prohibition by accident, you don't need tshuva. A biblical prohibition by accident, you'd need tshuva. That's a chatas. That's a carbon. A rabbinic prohibition by accident, you don't need to do tshuva for it. A bracha levatala, a bracha she'ena meaning an unnecessary bracha, according to many rishonim, is a rabbinic prohibition only. You did it accidentally, you don't need to do tshuva for it. Now, what's his rationale? His rationale is like this. When you do a biblical prohibition, bishogeg, you need to do tshuva, a carbon, chatas. Why? It's shogig, it's an accident. What I do wrong, right? If someone goes over to you and they, and they say something that, that makes you feel bad and you get upset with them, they're like, it was an accident. Like, okay, fine, it was an accident. What do you want? So it says in the Sivis, it says in the Sivis every biblical, this sounds very yeshivish, every biblical prohibition is an isa which means the item itself is poison. If you put pork in your mouth, you're putting in spiritual poison into your body. You say you did an accident, who cares? If you swallow poison accidentally, you still need to purge it from your body. A rabbinic prohibition, says in the Sivis, is not, a, is not an Iser it's an Iser Gabra, meaning there's nothing wrong with that item, spiritually. It's the rabbi said, don't, and you can't rebel against them. It's more of an act of rebellion than putting poison in your mouth. You act of rebellion accidentally, then it's not your fault. That's the Nesivis' shot. So I just wanted to mention, I, was, I, I remember someone called me Erev Yom Kippur, like Mamashik an hour before Yom Kippur. He's all upset because he didn't realize he was Fleshik and he had a chocolate. Mamashik an hour before Yom Kippur. He feels terrible. Like, it's not the way to go into Yom Kippur. I said, don't worry. Why? Eating chocolate after meat is at most a rabbinic prohibition. You did it accidentally, the Nesivis says, you don't have to, you don't need tshuva. This is, uh, you know, and, he's, uh, and it's not just Nesivis, it's all the sleuth, Asun Dereiser, Vyasev Engel brings down all the many, many big, big, big Godot. So you have what to rely on. Again, it's good to do tshuva if you can, but I wouldn't be too worried. I would, it's not, I, it wouldn't be on the top of things I'd be worried about. There's other stuff to worry about. Yeah? So you're asking a great question, which is that for, in order for the bracha not to be levatali, you have to benefit from the candles. Well, what defines benefit? How long? So the truth is, it's a good Shiloh. It's definitely you have to benefit it on Shabbos, not during the 18 minutes. It's got to be on actual Shabbos. But if you look, I don't have it right now, but if you look, the Mishabura, 
quotes the benefiting, he quotes a berhetiv. Now the berhetiv says you should benefit from the candles. The Mishaburah adds two words, bederech achila. The Mishaburah seems to indicate that you should be benefiting by eating. So if you hold that you just need to benefit by reading, by sitting, then yeah. But if you actually hold that you have to eat, then the solution won't really help because you can't eat because they make kiddush yet. So it, it, it's unclear. That's all I'll tell you. It's unclear. So good point. Let me clarify. For the Svardim, what they do is they would light in a different room. They would have to eat in the other room also. They would have to bring some food over there. You're right. You can't light in a in a in a in a in a living room and then not go there. They obviously would 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 use the other room as well. Um, and you asked about a single guy. When it comes to a single guy, the truth is like this. There's really no difference. If a single guy lives alone, he has to light candles the same way a married guy's wife lights candles. There's really no difference. But, I will say this. In the ratings of Shabbos, he brings down from a Moshe Shnambuch. That a Moshe Shnambuch held that if a single guy... See, married women, even if technically the, the host would be like... Let's say you have this, this, this solution. I had the Shaila that we've been talking about, which is you're eating out. So the question is, do you like what you eat? Do you like what you sleep? Why didn't someone just raise their hand? I'm not putting you guys in the spot, but why didn't you raise your hand and say, I understand, why can't the hostess just be might see her? Right? She'll eat, where she, she'll eat at the host and let the Baal Sabayis just have her in mind. The answer is, technically that would work, but there's a minig of Kalal Yisrael, married women want to light candles and they don't want someone else to be might see 100 people. They want to light themselves. So the minig evolved that each married woman, even if they could be fulfilled their obligation, they still light. And Moshe Shemar says that was never applied by single guys. Therefore, he says if a single guy is eating out, he could rely on the lighting of the Baal Sabayis. She has in mind everyone that's going to be eating in her meal. Technically, he doesn't have to light. So I would say that if you're a single guy, and, and if you're eating in home that night with yourself or with friends, you have to light. There's no choice. If you're eating out, then you could do the solutions that we've mentioned. You definitely have the right to light where you're eating, to light where you're sleeping. You have to fix it. But let's say you look at it and you're like, listen, I, I can't light where I'm sleeping because I don't have candles long enough. Light where I'm eating, they're sfarred and they don't want it, whatever it is. Then rely on them. There's no minig. Like, the, like I said, there's a minig amongst married women that they light their own candles. That minig was never accepted amongst the single guys. Uh, no, it, it's, it's definitely better. Yeah, if you're a single guy and you're able to have six-hour candles, you are, yeah, for sure. But my point is, if you find yourself that you're, you're struggling and you're, you're making brachal of atalas, then what, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? I, I do it. Personally, not oh, for, just to clarify, a married woman, it's better for her to light. Whether she lights where she's eating, lights where she's sleeping. The minig is the married women light. You should not rely on the lighting of someone else. Unless you're mamish and duress or whatever it is, but but that's not a lechachila. That might be lechachila for a single guy, or for you know yeshiva bachrim, whatever it is, a seminary girl, whatever. Um, and for that, they could rely on the lighting of the host, and you don't even have to ask the host. But for a married woman, she should light her own candles. That's the minig of klal yisrael for sure. Um, so regarding, let, let's say you're in a hotel or a hospital. So a lot of times, like I'll give you a hospital, go with that because they're, they're not letting you light a candle in the room. There's no chance. You'll get an electric light. So I mentioned before, just pretty quickly, I mentioned I wouldn't make a bracha. The, the reason for that is, it's a big shaila in the Paiskim of whether you could be yotza with electric lights and whether you could do it with a bracha. Here's my issue. I've heard, there are many rabbanim who say you can make a bracha on it. Many rabbanim. However, I'll just throw this out. Ramosha Feinstein said you can't. So once Ramosha Feinstein said you can't, and other rabbanim as well, to me, it goes. It probably falls under the category of Suffolk Brachel of Lahakel, which means 
you definitely could be yotze the mitzvah with the electric lights. You want to know whether you can make a bracha once big rabbanim to the status, to the stature of Rav Moshe Feinstein say you cannot, to me it probably falls under the category of Suffolk brachas lahakal. I wouldn't make a bracha. Anytime you have a situation where you're about to do something that Rav Moshe Feinstein said is a bracha levatala, I wouldn't make the bracha. You could still fulfill the mitzvah. There's the mitzvah and the bracha are not related. You could fulfill the mitzvah with the electric lights. I personally wouldn't make the bracha out of kavod or yira or fear of reverence of Ramosha Feinstein and other Paiskim who gr- agreed with him. There were Chaim Eiser and there were uh, other Paiskim, Abitzin Abashol and all these Paiskim. I understand that, but you have Ramosha Feinstein who says that it's a brach levatol, so that's why I always advise people just not to make a bracha because uh, that's generally the rule. When you have Rabbanan to that status who tell you not to make a bracha, you usually err on the side of not making a bracha, stop a brachas lahakal. Um, Okay, just to run through a couple more. We're not going to be able to get through all of them because um, it took a little bit longer, but a quick shayla. This comes up often. Um, this is for davening purposes. I just wanted to clarify. How many people do you need to start Chazar Sashatz? Okay, so this is always the thing. You look around. Uh, in the morning, it's, a more, it's more of a tricky thing because people got to get to work. You have a minion of 13 people and 10 of them are still davening Shemoneser. How many people can you start how many people do you need? So the truth is, it's very simple. Um, there's a contradiction in the Shulchan Aruch. One, in one place, the Shulchan Aruch says that if the Chazin says Chazar Shashatz, and there aren't ten people answering, Karev Hadavar Lios Brachal The Shulchan Aruch says, if there are not ten people answering, it is close to being a Brachal That means you need ten. It's pretty clear you need ten. However, the Shulchan Aruch also says that if you have let's say you're saying Kaddish, or anything you need a minion for, laning, anything you need a minion, and you have one person sleeping, it's fine. One person sleeping is fine. And the Mishaburah says, it's not just one person sleeping, you've got to have four people sleeping. So wait a minute. So first he says, if you don't have ten, it's a brachalavatah, it's almost a brachalavatah, but now he says, you could have six. So which one is it? So how you answer that question, we'll answer this. So I'll tell you, there's two, two explanations amongst the postman. You have the Tzitzeliezer, who says, it's really six. You only need six. Always you only need six. I, he said, if there aren't ten, it's karav adavar lios brachal It's close to being a brachal The tzitzliezer underlines close. It's close to being a brachal It's not a brachal It's close to being a brachal Meaning, six is not great, but it's fine. It's not It's not a brachal It's karav lios davar brachal It's close to being a brachal but it's not a brachal That's how tzitzliezer goes. Meaning, those pais can hold that if you have six, it's fine. Then you have the balatanya. The Balatani disagrees. The Balatani's approach is as follows. And this is also, this is definitely how I follow, I think most people should follow. The Balatani's approach is, there is a difference as to what you're trying to do. If you're trying to do Chazar's Hashats, you need 10. That's, Karavadavli is Brachavza, you need 10. Kaddish, 6. So, the question is, how many do you need? It depends what tefillah. For Shachris and Mincha, where you're going for Chazar's Hashats, you need 10. For Mayriv, there's no Chazar Sashatz on Mayriv. There's Kaddish. For, says the Balatanya, for Kaddish, six. Nine is better, six, fine. For, bracha, for Chazar Sashatz, which are brachas, for a bracha, you need ten. So practically, halacha, what I would tell you is like this. For Shachras and Mincha, you definitely should wait for ten. There's no question. For Mayriv, you also should probably wait for ten because it's still Bidi Evan. If you find yourself in a situation where for Mayriv, people have got to go. I don't know why, why people have to leave for Mayrev. It's late at night. Oh, exactly. So for Mayrev, okay, whatever. I, I wouldn't rely on six, ideally. 
I will say, Shachris uh, and Mincha, if you're stuck, you have a turn line. I'll tell you how. It's not Negea here anymore. Baruch Hashem, we have enough people here. In the old Hashivenu, we struggled. Okay? There were many, many times where we would get 10, 11 people for uh, a Tuesday Shachris. And I would look around. I was always Chazen. So I have PTSD, so I stopped doing it in the morning. I was always Chazen. I would look around, and I knew those two guys, they have like 30 minutes from Esrus. There's no purpose in me way. It's not like, wait, I'm waiting on number 10. There's, I'm not going to get 10. If I wait for 10, there'll be no minion. Then I rely on the 6. You rely on the Tzitzli Ezer. But that's basically the nutshell. You have the Tzitzli Ezer holds that it's better to have 10. If you don't have 10, better have 9. If you don't have 9, you have 6. Then you have the Baltania. He says, no, no, no. Because there's the shots. 6 is not an option. You need 10. 9 plus the Chazan. That's 10. For Kaddish, then 6 is an option. So that, that's, that's the solution of the Baltania. And again, each shul will ask, you know, you have to figure out. I think the, I was told that Rabbi Willig tells people that uh, for Shachris and a minion where you're running late, if you know the minion, it's a small minion, and they're running late, you can rely on the Tzitzli Over here, I don't rely on the Tzitzli Ezzah. We have enough people and uh, whatever. It's not killing people. It's three minutes, two, three minutes. I, I don't rely on the Tzitzli I, I, I hold of the uh, Balatanya pretty stark. Um, so I'm going to jump around a little bit on my list. Um, okay, I'll do the last two. We'll see what time it is. Uh, this is this is an important one, just because a lot of times, coming up in the summer, it's not a gay, everyone here has jobs. But when you're Yeshiva Bacher, the summer you have off, I'll get calls at like 11.30 in the morning, 11.45. Theoretically, can I still dive in chakras? That's always a Shiloh. Someone just woke up. Theoretically, happens to be. It's not a uh, joking aside. It's like, yeah, a lot of times women will take care of the kids, whatever it is, and the, they push didn't have time, and they look, and it's 11.45, 12, 1. What, what can I still dive? That's always it. What can I still dive? So I just wanted to clarify like this. So when it comes to, you definitely can dive in brachas. You can definitely do psukha de zimra, for sure. I'm talking about before chatzos. Okay, I'm talking about before halachic chatzos. After chatzos, the halachas might be changed. I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm talking about halachic chatzos. You look up maizmanim, or you call someone who knows how to check up maizmanim, and you check up when is chatzos. So here's the deal. For brachos in the morning, you could still say brachos. For pesukah de zimra, you could still say pesukah de zimra. Yes. You could still daven shemona esrei. Bidi eved. You have what's called sof zman tefila. Sof zman tefila is four hours into the day. That's when you ideally daven shachris by shmon esrei. Bidi eved, you can go until chatzos. So daven shma and shmon esrei until chatzos. Everything can be done until chatzos. There's only one area of debate, and that is the brachos of kriyashma. So here's the deal. Let's say, go an extreme case. You have three zman that you got to deal with. You have zman kriyashma. That's when you're just supposed to daven shma by then. Okay. We're, we're, we're way past that. Okay, so let's put that in the rear mirror. You got sofs mantfila, and you got chatzos. Obviously, ideally, you daven everything by sofs mantfila. That that would be the best. But we're talking about someone who slept past that, and now it's past mantfila, but it's before chatzos. So what could you still daven? So everything except the area of a shaila is what's called birchas kriyashma, which means you could stay up to and including ishtabach. Definitely Shema, the three paragraphs of Shema, and Shema The question is, what about the stuff in between? The Yotzer HaMoros, the Havaraba, HaMeir, the Ezras, the Yatsevinachon, Gal Yisrael, Michamocha, all those stuff. Can you say that? So the Shulchan Aruch says, no. 
And that's how Svaridim hold, no. After Saif Zaman Tefila, after four hours into the day, you cannot say Birchus Kriyashma. So what you're going to do is, you're going to daven straight up to Yishtabach, then just do Shma Shman Esra. That's it. That's the Psaq of the Shulchan Aruch, that's the Psaq of Svaridim. It's too late. You can't say Birchus Kriyashma cannot be said after Saif Zaman Tefila. It's too late. Correct. But Bidiyevid, it's true, but Bidiyevid, Svaradim will not daven Shema Esrei b'diyevet until Chatzos? I have to check that up. So, okay. So Svaradim are definitely not saying Birchus Kriyashma. I'm going to check what Svaradim do for Shema Esrei. It's very hard for me. I try to remember. I barely had time to even remember that I was giving a shir, so let alone to check what the Svaradim do. But um, so I'll check that up. But let's say for Ashkenazim. Okay. I thought the Svaradim hold the way. Okay, I'll check it up. I have Ravadia's Shulchan Mishabura with Ravadia's Pesachim. So anyway, so you have for Ashkenazim, yeah? So you have, you said, up to Yishtabach, you got Shema and Shema Esrei. What about the Birchus Kriyashma? The Bir Alocha brings down a psak of the Mishkanis Yaakov. That the Mishkanis Yaakov said, if you didn't dive into that point because of an onus, it's out of your control, it's fine. And that's how the Mishavura Paskins, and that's how Rishonim Zalman held. So for practical halacha, if someone wakes up and they did not dive in Shachris yet, and it's before Chatzos, if the reason why they didn't dive in Shachris was because of an onus, which means it was out of their control, so they overslept, or they weren't feeling well, or they're taking care of the kids, and they, I would daven everything straight. If, however, they did not daven shacharis because they were watching a movie, then no, I would skip Birchus Kriyashma. That you can't say Birchus Kriyashma anymore. It's not an onus. It's not against your will. I would not uh, say Birchus Kriyashma. I would just do up to Yishtabach, Shema Is there oversleeping that you say No, because here's the thing. Rishlam Zalman has a tshuva in the back of Ali Shlomo, where he says sleeping by nature is an onus, maybe you shouldn't have put yourself in the situation, but when a person is asleep, he is not under his... Now, if you snoozed it, that's a little different. Oh, okay, you were awake. But the point is, if you went back to bed... I'll give you an example. I'll give you, and, and by the way, you should know, this is why a, 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 a lot of times you should ask a Shaila, because the Rav will be able to help you decipher of whether it's an onus. I'll tell you how it's negayah. The halacha is... This is more Ashkenazi than Svardi. That Ashkenazim for sure. Svardim, everybody has truths about it, it's unclear, but definitely for Ashkenazim. If a woman misses candle lighting for one week, she has to add a candle from then on. It's a penalty. Okay? So fine, that happens sometimes. It says the, the Ramah, and the Mishabura, sorry, the Mishabura brings down, it's brought down from the Ramah. That's why it's unclear whether Svardim holds it because it was not from the Shulchan Aruch, it's from the Ramah. The Mishabura writes that if the reason why she missed lighting was out of her control, she was in the hospital, she was sick, stuck on the road. You do not have to add a candle. So then all the postgame, if you look in the Shemir Shabbos Kilchasen and the, the Piskei Chuvis, they're all trying to figure out, well, what, what's the definition of out of your control? What if she took a nap? And then she, she, she took a nap too close to Shabbos. And all these things, that's why with all these Shailas, you have to ask a Shaila. You, you should ask a Rav, because the Rav will hopefully be able to try to decipher as to whether it's an onus or not. If a person is sleeping, it's an onus. Now, again, if they snoozed it or if they went to bed, if you take a nap, if you take a nap 20 minutes before Shabbos, uh, come on, that's that's kind of on you a little bit, you know, without uh, uh, you know, without an alarm. So you have to you have to figure out. You have to ask a shaila in each case. Um, one more shaila, and we'll see if it's time. It's getting late. One more shaila. Um, this I was just asked recently. Does a woman have to take off? I mean, men also, I guess, if you wear rings. Uh, if men wear rings, I guess the same halacha would apply. Uh, does a woman have to take off her rings for washing uh, nitil siyadim for bread? Or nitil siyadim? Just you have to take off your ring. So this is the basic psak. 
the basic psak is it depends on whether does she always wear the ring meaning will she take off the ring if she does something that would make the ring dirty so the example given by the Shulchan Aruch and by the poskim is if she's making challah if you're making challah the dough will stick to the ring if she takes it off to avoid it getting dirty or the modern day poskim add gardening gardening is another good example so if she takes off the ring when she takes a shower, she takes off the ring. When she gardens, she takes off the ring. When she, when she does challah, then the ring is not a part of her body anymore. Then it's a chatzisa, then she has to take it off for Nithil's dime. If, however, by the way, mikvah is different. I'm not going to involve mikvah, but for Nithil's dime. If, however, she never takes off her ring, this ring is just, it's on. Never takes it off. I don't care if it's dirty, not dirty, it's on. Then the halacha, she does not have to take off the ring for Nitil's dime. Rav Yashiv was asked the following kasha. What if you have a girl who doesn't, we'll end with this, what if you have a girl who doesn't take off the ring, but she never does gardening and she never does challah? It's like, she doesn't take off the ring because she never does anything. Like, she doesn't know what she would do. She, she doesn't do anything that wouldn't, she's a little kid, she doesn't take off the ring. I, I don't know. So for that, Rav Yashiv said, right now she doesn't take off the ring. If she doesn't take off the ring, for whatever reason, be it she doesn't care about the ring getting dirty or she doesn't do anything that will get the ring dirty, she doesn't have to take off the ring at that point. So that's basically the Gedar Advarim. If you take off the ring for any reason, then it's a Kachatzit, so you have to take it off for Nitil Zedayim. If you never took off the ring, you're allowed to continue leaving the ring on for Nitil Zedayim as well. Because um, I have two Shilohs left, but one is a little more complicated. So we'll do one more Shiloh. I was asked recently if you have someone, I mentioned, I think I mentioned it Agav pretty quickly, but I want to just run through it very quickly, and that is if you have someone who's not Shemir Shabbos, not, uh, not keeping Shabbos, um, can they get an Aliyah for the Torah? So, I'll tell you like this. It's, a, it's obviously a much bigger Shiloh, but I'll just, boom, 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 keep it very, very short, very simple. Um, the Chacham Tzvi and the Benish Chai in Rav Polim both write that if someone desecrates Shabbos publicly, desecrating Shabbos publicly is in Halacha treated like idolatry, and uh, that's it, you're out, you can't get an Aliyah. So, if someone's not religious and they don't keep Shabbos, then seemingly it will be a problem. Now, I'll tell you like this, a couple things. First of all, we've talked about this in the past, a lot of times people that are not religious do not desecrate Shabbos in the way that's deemed public. Public means in front of 10 people, public, not every time that you desecrate Shabbos is it deemed public. Also, a lot of times people desecrate Shabbos not because they hate God, it's because they had no idea, they were, they were raised that you don't have to keep Shabbos. They, so it's called Tinuk Shenizma Anachim. It's like a child raised by Goyim. They don't know. They're not doing it to fight against God. They're just not, they're not aware of it. So they, they think we're crazy. So for that, the Sri Deish writes that if you have someone that's desecrated Shabbos publicly, but they're a Tinuk Shenizma, they can get an Aliyah. The Benish Chai says like this. The Benish Chai said, I have a simple solution. If you need to give them an aliyah, give them an aliyah. But make sure it's not, on Shabbos, make sure it's not one of the seven, right? Meaning, make it a, a, a hosafa, an additional aliyah. We don't generally do additions over here because I find it, uh, you know, cumbersome to the people. Svaridim are, are they, they add aliyahs sometimes. I've, I've, I was at the Kotel recently, a couple months ago, and um, must have had 20 aliyahs. I was losing my mind a little bit. They add again and again. And they repeat. They repeat the same aliyah again and again and again. So that would be a time where you would do that because says the Benishchai, as long as they're not part of the seven to fulfill the obligation, it's fine. So let them get an aliyah and let the next person just repeat and, and, and whatever. You say that there was a mistake, whatever it is. Or they're part of the Hosafas. They don't, uh, they're not part of the seven. I'll just tell you like this. There's a sheet of Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein has a very interesting opinion. We started off by saying that if someone desecrates Shabbos publicly, they can't get an aliyah, unless it's a Tinnik Shanishbar, unless, you know. 
Rav Moshe has a completely different viewpoint. He doesn't really care about the Chil Shabbos as much. That sounds bad. He cares about Chil Shabbos, but it, that, that's not the barometer. Rav Moshe has one opinion, and that is, do you believe in God? If you're maimin b'Hashem u'b'tayrasay, Rav Moshe says like this, if you believe in Hashem and His Torah, you can get you can get an aliyah. If you don't believe in Hashem and His Torah, you cannot. Now, yes, historically, people that were Mechal Shabbos didn't believe in Hashem and His Torah, but that may not be the case nowadays. Ramosha says, why is it that if you don't believe in Hashem, you can't get an aliyah? Because he says, if someone doesn't believe in Hashem, then the name Hashem doesn't mean anything to them. So when they say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elekeinu Melech Eilam, it's like they said, Baruch Atah Melech Eilam. The word Hashem Elekeinu doesn't mean anything to them. It's Kilo, they didn't say it. So that's Ramosha Shita. By the... Oh. Correct. Perfect. So, exactly. So the Chazanish says exactly what you're saying, which is, they asked the Chazanish, and the Chazanish basically said that if they're coming to shul, they believe in God. I will say this. Oh, so Ramosha was addressing specifically, and this could be a little controversial, but it's Ramosha Feinstein, he's, he's big enough to defend himself, um, was, defend, was talking about giving a reform rabbi. Ramosha held that reform rabbis and conservative rabbis that are teaching reform and conservative Judaism, not the people, the rabbis that are teaching reform and conservative Judaism, he says they, they, they're, they're kaifrim, they don't believe in Hashem B'terasai, and that, that was what he was talking about. So he would not be talking about someone that wasn't religious. The average person that's not religious, they believe in God. They, 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 if you ask them, he's talking about someone who's like a heretic, someone who, uh, you're right, but those type of people probably don't want Elias. But I'll tell you like this, Rabbi St- I was talking to Rabbi Steinberg once. Rabbi Steinberg is a Talmud Ramosha. Rabbi Steinberg told me that, I was talking to him, I mentioned this Ramosha to him in conversation, and I asked him, um, it came up, what he does about giving kibudim under the chuppah, right? Under the chuppah, you have, you'll get, sometimes they want to give it a bracha. A person, not religious, married to a guy, all these complicated situations. So Rabbi Steinberg told me, at, at least at the time, what he does is, as the person's about to go up, or before, he goes over, talks to them, he gets a feel, and he'll even ask them, He'll get a feel if the person believes in God. He says, if the person believes in God, go ahead. As he said, that, that, to be Mekai in the Shita of Ramosha. So according to Ramosha, if the person believes in Hashem, they can get an Aliyah. That won't be a problem. You don't have to do Hesafis of that. It's if the person doesn't believe in Hashem, then you have major issues. But like you said, if the person doesn't believe in Hashem, they usually, they probably don't want it. If they're coming to Shul, that's what the, stip- the Chazanish said. The, the, the stipler was asked, in he, he was asked about giving an Aliyah to someone who's not religious. He said, if the guy's coming to Shul, so if the person has, has, has a spark of Kedusha, you definitely can give him an Aliyah.